Hey, hello, uh, everybody. Welcome to today's podcast. Uh, my name is Adrian Boothy. I'm the head of trading here at TrendSignal. Today, uh, we've got our How to Trade the Forex and Stock Markets podcast and joined as ever uh, with our chief analyst, Jerry Miller. Hi, Jerry. How are you? Uh, hello. Hi. Yeah, not too bad. Cold, but surviving. Yeah, weather's definitely changed since last Tuesday, mm-hmm. isn't it? It's uh, definitely chilled down a little bit, but it's hotting up uh, a bit in the States. We're um, uh, just a, a couple of days away or one day away from the first presidential uh, election debate. Um, so uh, that's definitely creating some movement on the market. And there's a few other things that are kicking on. But Jerry, why don't you give us a bit of a run through of what's been happening? A um, bit of movement on today's equity markets for sure, Jerry. Uh, yeah, they've, um, we had quite a good um, outcome from um, Friday's showing. And I think there's uh, that sort of followed through to the Far East markets um, and here in Europe. So uh, DAX is up well, sharply up, actually. Um, it's uh, putting in a pretty good uh, performance, certainly um, knocking out most of those losses from last week. Uh, even uh, Although our FTSE, uh, we're in, uh, well, it, it, it is up, but it's just not doing anything. I think we settled. Yeah. Um, not um, much follow through this morning, for sure. Through. Yeah, we're, we're up sort of 40 odd points, but it, there isn't much follow through. That's right. Exactly right. Um, yeah, so uh, so we, we did rather well um, um, picking up those uh, some of those losses at the end of last week. NASDAQ, mm. which I um, we have been following quite closely, we talked about the NASDAQ whale uh, with this sizable but over not overly worrying options position that um, SoftBank have got. Um, that's now been replaced by, I, I think, just sort of more concern about the post-lockdown recovery. Um, and also the sort of there is a, start, a bit of an increase in the infection rate, so it's accelerating as we know in Europe. In fact, quite alarmingly, yeah. uh, in the likes of Spain uh, and even here now, um, although we're not on the, uh, the scale of France and, and Spain at the moment. But I just got this feeling that, that it, things had been sort of looking a little less rosy. But look at the markets now. You'd uh, you'd yeah. wonder what was going on, and I I, I think. Um, um, I just wonder if the people are thinking a little bit more, the investors think a bit more about the mortality rates, because whilst infections are certainly going up, mortality uh, rates seem to be on the decline. I was having a quick look at this this morning. You can see the uh, Google, which I'm sure is the fountain of all things that are accurate. Um, but, uh, you know, you've got the number of cases in the UK. It's sort of peaking around sort of 6,000 at the moment. But deaths, um, you know, yes. Yeah. It, you know, you look at the trend in, in, in cases is going up for sure, but the trend in deaths is, is pretty flat uh, and has been mm-hmm. for quite some time. So, um, you know, does that mean that the lockdown measures that are being put in place and certainly the ones that were put in place back in sort of March, uh, it's a, surely it's a different situation now? Um, really. Well, I, I, I'd say there is. I think the infection rates were. Uh, there was um, um, a piece in either The Economist or the FT that suggested had the um, testing regime been as significant as it, as it is now back in um, April, mm. the number of um, cases being reported in Europe would be in excess of 200,000 a day. Yeah. So, so in which case the mortality rate would have been significantly lower than one might have thought. Correct. Um, that, and, and that's so. So is the mortality rate improved considerably um remember it's also a lag defect agent so of course you know, as, the, as, as the infection rates pick up uh, the number of ho- ho- hospital admissions are going up and you would expect that to lead to an increase in the mortality rate but it it's still a long way off you, you're, you're quite right I, I i do wonder you know speaking to my wife is training to be a, a midwife whether um a, a lot of the 
pressures to in, introduce these changes and lockdown measures, not really lockdown measures, but um, you know, the measures we're having to take here in the UK uh, is done really to protect the NHS um, because otherwise, otherwise it would be a huge burden on uh, on it. Um, I don't know, who knows? The trouble is that damned if they do, damned if they don't. I, 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 I just think there's a certain amount of personal social responsibility that everyone has that uh, um, it's sometimes quite a difficult pill to swallow, uh, but we've got to do yeah. it for the common good, haven't we? But uh, we do, we do. Um, election though, uh, Jerry, um, we're what are we? Thirty-seven days till the presidential election, so third of November. Uh, hotting up a little yeah. bit. Yeah, it is. It, isn't that weird? You know, we're all sort of thinking that ah, three months. That's not. It's just not on the horizon yet. And all of a sudden, here we are on the twentieth of September, and um, yeah, it's it's just around the corner. Relatively, uh, these mm. these next few days are going to uh, are going to fly by. Um, and you know, we've. And last week we had this sort of uh, Supreme Court uh, appointing debacle um, where Trump has uh, enraged Democrats by appointing another conservative to the Supreme Court, which really is giving the sort of conservative leaning Republican types on the court to a, with a majority of six to three. Uh, but mm. I think Trump, Trump was sort of, I'm convinced he wanted to spin it out a little bit, but he couldn't because the problem with it is that he needs to get the appointment made and then the the, the Senate has to debate and approve the appointment before the election. <laughs> but I think it, it was removing the, replacing the headlines. Uh, there was no more sort of mention of COVID so much, but more about the um, yeah. debacle over the Supreme Court appointee. But it's interesting. But nevertheless, it's, it is hotting up. You're quite right. That, that's what I've been hearing. It's about trying to change the, um, the, the message that's going on because he's not doing particularly well on COVID and he's not particularly not as strong as he might have liked perhaps on the economy because that's not uh, that's perhaps easing a little bit. So, yeah, he's got to try and change the message a little bit, but I don't, just don't know if that's strong enough for him um, yeah. to uh, yeah. to get the to get the march on Biden because he's still quite a bit behind, particularly at this stage uh, of the election. What is it? 50, yeah. 50.3 Biden against 43.1. And we've got what have we got to? Uh, tomorrow the first of the um uh, debates jerry haven't we yeah that's right that's the uh, um this one has been run by fox news um it'll be a late affair for us here in the uk so early evening in the us so it's likely to be happening at midnight and, and beyond uh, so any of you who are night owls might want to stay up and and watch and listen trump and biden exchanging blows uh, but uh, I suspect his tax return might be um, coming up as a topic of conversation, <laughs> which was uh, quite interesting. The New York Times expose on his uh, tax affairs, saying that uh, he paid little or no tax over the last 17 years, which actually I'm not surprised of at all. I mean, that's why he was keeping it secret in the first place, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's definitely going to come up uh, tomorrow. So, uh, okay. So, what about um, and, and what about the the markets? I and mean, we've talked before about you know the impact on the stock market with a, a Biden win or a, a Trump win. Um, I mean, I know you've referenced the fact that or the likelihood that it'd be quite positive either way because there continues to be no alternative to, um, yeah, uh, to the I, stock market. I think that sums it up, Adrian. I think the markets are set to remain pretty much on the front foot, regardless of who wins. I noticed that the FT put out a, an article about uh, a poll of um, investment managers and 60% uh, out of them, this is 91 investment managers, 60% believe that Biden's going to win. And here we are, the markets, I know they've been wobbling a little bit recently, but they're not exactly hosing it. 
Um, mm. So, I, 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 as you said, there isn't an alternative. There's not going to suddenly be a great yield in U.S. Treasuries or uh, whatever. The fact is, or, you know, there isn't any other place to put your money, uh, and the stock market remains the only place. Whether Biden or Trump are, are in power. Um, I find 60% believing Biden will win remarkably low, given where the polls are at this point. I mean, maybe are they sort of talking their own book? Do they refuse to want to believe that uh, a market um, positive uh, president might lose? Because surely it's in fund managers' interest for a, a you know pretty strong stock market, isn't it? Uh, you know, um, you're right. Absolutely. They can't yeah. bring uh, themselves to believe that he's going to lose. Uh, I think the probability of um, Biden winning is probably near 70%. The way mm. the polls are stacking up, because what you've got to remember is that you know these these television debates, whilst you know they look great on the surface, you know what are we? We're 37 days, as you said, to uh, the election. Most of the undecideds have decided. You know, everyone has decided pretty much. So there's a pretty small pool of undecideds to try and sway either way. And you're talking about real marginal gains. And I think I think the gap looks quite wide compared to where it was in 2016. Definitely in the swing, you know, in the swing states, in the battleground states, as they're called, uh, mm. where the margins are a lot wider than, you know, Trump campaign. I think would have been expecting or hoping for at this stage. So um, yeah, so so yeah, uh, markets don't get fooled into thinking that they should be coming off if uh, Trump's going to lose, because that that's definitely not the um, not not the case, and is unlikely to be happening. Yeah. Okay. Um, just very quickly, um, do we know much about his sort of main policies of spending, Biden, if he does come in, and what that impact might have on the markets? Well, more spending, uh, absolutely. Um, and but but he's going to be taxing more. So I, I think his uh, <laughs> uh, there's been an investigation. I think Moody's have come up with a number of 3.9 trillion in his first term. Remember, that's four years. So it sounds like a big number. But he's going to be spending a lot on clean energy, on manufacturing. And education, and to pay for it, he's going to raise corporation tax, payroll taxes, and individual taxes. So, re reversing some of those tax cuts that um, Trump put through. But I, I yeah. don't think that's going to be a big issue for the economy. Um, I think it's just a redirection, uh, redirecting of resources, really. Yeah. Well, certainly, you know, payroll taxes are never popular. But of course, uh, one thing I read was that the, the tax rises are likely to come from people earning over 400,000, I think. Uh, I don't know if that's accurate. But, uh, in which You'd case, be surprised how many there are earning that. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sure, but the point is that won't be overly uh, unpopular, uh, will it? That's for no, sure. No, uh, by right. the masses. You're right. You're right. Uh, okay, uh, let's have a quick look at the review then for the week uh, that was, uh, Jerry. So FTSE down around sort of 2.7%, and it's a general down theme last week, albeit a recovery into the close. Yeah, that, that, yeah, into the close of the week. That's right. Tech stocks had a bit of a, a positive day, uh, but they have been struggling. I was looking at Apple, $103 a share it got down to, 25% below its peak at the beginning of September. So uh, you can see what's been happening there. It, it's not, mm. uh, as the rally was not broad based, the, the, the correction's not been broad based. A lot of it is the tech heavy stocks um, just uh, wobbling a little bit and doing what? A lot of stocks, you've got to describe them as, you know, overbought. And I think that's just unwinding of that, really. Uh, nothing more, nothing less. Yeah, it looks like people took the uh, the Nasdaq whale story as an opportunity to just um, sort of notch some profits. Uh, and of course, there's a lot of retail uh, investors in them who would have um, sort of taken that again as an opportunity to think, oh, my God, I'm panicking, close out uh, just to yeah, reduce risk a little bit.
you know. Um, okay, and, and that was a pretty much a, a broad fall across the board. I know we've got some um, sort of contra trend opportunities coming up um, on some of these um, indices at the moment, so we'll be looking very closely at those over the week ahead. Um, what about uh, the currencies, Jerry? Yeah, well, risk off, as um, we discussed, described this move, risk off meaning uh, getting out of uh, the riskier assets such as uh, the uh, equities uh, and commodities. Uh, you've seen that in the dollar. So a typical knee-jerk reaction in the FX markets with the dollar in demand. Uh, if you look yeah. at the uh, euro, well, you've got the CAD there, but if you look at the euro, the CAD, or even the yen. Again, the Swiss. Sometimes I think it's easy to look at a dollar going up rather than euro dollar going down because it's kind of yeah. weird for some people, yeah. I think. Well, you, but you, you can you, see that dollar Swiss, big strength. Uh, and this yeah, course, yeah, that's the opposite right. way on euro I, I'm not sure it's going to be sustained though, Adrian. I think it's more of a uh, concerted sell-up in equities that would be needed for that. And I, I think the Fed seem intent on keeping rates very low for years to come. So I don't see this sort of longer term trend, weakening trend in the dollar really changing significantly. But I don't know, if you had a, a sudden complete rout in equities, uh, the dollar would uh, rally further. But I don't, don't think that's going to happen at this stage. Mm. Um, and you've seen other you know, the dollar yen uh, that was another um, notable move uh, the yen yeah. actually hitting the high highest point or the or the dollar hitting the lowest point against the yen since the um, you know mid late March when um, the pandemic was in the, its real <laughs> shocking throes as it were so um, you it's just interesting to see that rebound in the dollar against the yen and I think uh, Nikkei's um, outperformance uh, reflected that. Um, but I, I certainly think the new administration or the new prime minister would love to have a, a weaker yen, which is not what he was getting uh, up until the beginning of last week. Correct. Yeah. Uh, okay. And what about the commodities? Gold um, took around a 5% hit, didn't it? It's a big, big, big fall really over the last sort of 10 days or so, really. Yeah. I, I think people get confused about gold. They sort of think of it, you know, it, it's uh, it, it, in this risk off mode um, you might think that people might go for the safe haven of gold but actually gold has been attra attracting that on the way up and there's a very interesting article uh, by Mohammed El Arian in the FT about gold uh, becoming a, an investment for, for, for all sorts now uh, but the fact is gold is a dollar-based commodity uh, yes. with a dollar rallying I'm afraid um, gold's not going to hold on to it but look at silver silver's the real news because I hadn't realized the scale of silver's outperformance this year against gold. Uh, it's done extraordinarily well and it's it's referred to a sort of a sort of semi-industrial precious metal um, but it's definitely outperformed big time. I, I, think in, yeah. I, think in, I think investors have really uh, bought into the jump in industrial demand as the post-lockdown recovery uh, took over uh, but I think last week wow Look at that fall. I mean, I, I, just on the back of the an envelope, you know, ending twenty-seven dollars uh, a cent all the way back down to twenty-three. You know, you're talking about a fourteen percent move, Adrian. Yeah, but look where it was down at twelve. I mean, that's a, that is yeah. a significant, significant yeah. bit of movement, isn't it? It's just something that yeah. people don't tend to talk about too much. But uh, no, I, I think um, I think a, a, a touch of vertigo. Um, uh, last week and that's what caused it to absolutely shank certainly the first three days of last week it's sort of traded sideways since then but uh, yeah just just good old-fashioned profit taking that's what that is. Uh, crude 
crude down a couple of percent as well, uh, Jerry. Although you look at this on the, the wider context, not not necessarily a big moves last week at all. I I think this is all again down to stock market wobbles, and I think that there is a question mark about future demand. Uh, and it has been following the slump in equities, then it rebounded on the back of Hurricane Sally, uh, which tightened supplies and then, you know, pushed back down again by slightly underwhelming storage data. And as I said, uh, another wobble in equities sort of first half of last week, but really on a, in a bit of a holding pattern at the moment, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I think that's um, pretty much it for uh, what do we know. Uh, of course, there'll be another podcast a little bit later on today where we're talking about the events for the week ahead. No doubt the um, presidential debate will come up there. And of course, we've got a little something called non-farm payroll happening later this week as well. So there certainly are uh, a few event, uh, events for traders to get their teeth into, uh, which are definitely going to stimulate some movement on those forex stock and commodity markets. Definitely keep your pencil sharpened there. Otherwise, at Trendsignal, we do have some of our own events uh, this week. Uh, you'd be absolutely welcome to come along uh, and uh, we'll teach you one of our favorite trading strategies for identifying turning points, trends uh, and momentum uh, on all of those markets as well that we've been covering off on today. It's a great strategy, really simple to identify those trades, be it the buy trades, be it the short trades. And we're going to be teaching you an exact strategy in three simple steps for identifying high probability, probability turning points at our events this week. And if you want to get yourself booked in for one of those, uh, just go to bit.ly slash learnts. So bit.ly slash learnts, or just go to our website, which is trend-signal.com, and you can book in for one of our free events. And we'll teach you that strategy to help you to take on these markets. Um, but look, that, otherwise, that's pretty, pretty much it from myself and Jerry. Uh, have a wonderful week's trading, and we'll see you again next time. Bye-bye for now.